Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Welcome to the broadcast tonight. This is LaVon Breland, founder of Urban Glory Campaigns and host of Urban Glory Radio. Thank you for listening to the broadcast tonight. As I said earlier in advertisements, that this is a special tribute to the Reverend Dr. Miles Monroe, who transitioned to glory from a plane crash accident in November of 2014. We want to take an opportunity to thank God for his life and his legacy and his leadership principles that he's taught countless throughout the last 36 years, impacting the whole globe with the glory of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So tonight, in lieu of that, I'm going to dedicate this uh, systematic lesson um, to suggest spiritual strategies for leadership in honor of the ministry and leadership teachings that the Reverend Dr. Miles Monroe has inspired me personally to. So this is a commentary slash systematic teaching that will um, help, I believe, give us focus for the transitions that we may find throughout this life. Let's pray. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made. We rejoice and are glad. Thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that I do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I am quite honored to be able to relinquish my um, systematic platform to suggest a moment to pause and reflect on the great ministry of the Reverend Dr. Miles Monroe. Um, he not only was someone, somewhat of a historical figure in the church world, but he had a very pivotal uh, part to play in my life personally and the ministries in which I submitted myself to in my developmental phases of the faith. Dr. Miles Monroe ordained um, and consecrated two of my pastors, uh, the Reverend um, Dr the late Reverend Dr. Betty Poindexter Peebles, and then also Dr. Joseph A. Mills in Alexandria, Virginia. And um, he also um, influenced a lot of the spiritual development as far as introducing those ministries to quality teachers in the body of Christ to at this day hold all of those that were surrounded by him and with him um, that are also mostly transition to glory. Um, I too thank God for their impact and their um, being exposed to that level of teaching. I think I would title this commentary "Shaken by Shifts." Amazingly, the night that he was pronounced dead. Um, I was observing the last night of the convocation, the holy convocation in the Church of God in Christ, to which I'm an heir. And I was watching 42 bishops get consecrated to the office of a bishop. 
And while the service was going on, I received a text message that said that Miles Monroe was in a crash. I immediately put posted a text out there to some people that I know to pray, not knowing that he had already passed away. And I asked God specifically, and they can go back on my uh, timeline on my Facebook, and they'll see that I have read a special prayer for Dr. Richard Pender, who I also later found out that he was on the plane as well. Um, but to my shock, I was observing a whole new era of leadership being created while an era of leadership had transitioned to glory. I think his death personally was not as startling, but more so when I found that, that the majority of a, a leadership team or a good portion of his leadership team were also taken because it's one thing to lose a founding pastor who had transitioned out of the pastorate and was more so like an overseer, but it's a whole other thing when you lose your senior pastor and your youth pastor because those marked generations of the church and the divides of the generations in that particular local congregation and to lose that amount of leadership at one time in an accident can be a lot and is a lot on any congregation, let alone one that is led by one of the greatest leaders in the body of Christ. So my heart was very heavy. Um, we know that tragedies are, are triumphs to those that are in Christ because to live is Christ and to die is gain, yet we also understand that there is an enemy. And the enemy of all Christians is death. And so we, 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 whether we are in the flesh or out of the flesh, we don't fret because of that enemy, but we are still aware that that is an enemy until the consummation of all things. So, I don't want you to think that I'm coming here to capitalize off of the the the, the Christian readings and happenings, but Dr. Miles Monroe um, also played a personal uh, pivotal move in my life, and I kept hearing throughout this whole ordeal in the last five weeks. Uh, uh, getting countless emails and encouraging people and talking to people about the ministry of Dr. Miles, I kept hearing about being shaken by shifts. And we see this throughout the Bible, how God just brings reformers on scenes and kind of just let them have unique escapes because their parts are done. I mean, you look at uh, Moses and Joshua's transitional leaderships, taking a people who were no people into a promise that would embody a microcosm of heaven and prophetically uh, shadow somewhat of the glory of the kingdom of God being expressed to the Jews and the Gentiles in the present and in the future. We see also through Samuel and David where corrupt leadership through Saul was being overtaken by one who was in the 
in the farm tending to the sheep and the pasture, singing praises in a barn field, he would become that which Christ would even be considered his seed. So you see there a shakening going on where a current leadership and a passion to protect him and even serve him have to replace him and then become a pillar that would cause a people that were brought out to become a nation that would never be destroyed. We also see, looking into scriptural um, scriptural future in the New Testament when the gospel was going to be personified in the baby called Jesus. There was a leaping in the room between Mary and Martha, or Mary and Elizabeth, her cousin, who was, pertaining, who was carrying Jesus and John the Baptist, the greatest reformers of the Old Testament. And they're leaping in the wounds, but the connections and the transitions that took place there were shaking. A virgin being conceived of the Holy Spirit and then giving forth a son. And then a cousin, a little older in age, bringing forth a baby that would come to prepare the way of the Lord. And we can go on and even look and examine not only through the life of John the Baptist and Jesus, but look at Paul and Timothy who would then prophetically outline the functioning of a perfected and a progressive church that would advance the gospel into the second coming right three-fourths of the New Testament. So those partners were shaken, but they were shaken because they were in a shift. Amen? Shifts are seasons where God demands change, a total change to the approaches of life and ministry and agendas which he has free assigned for us to complete in a given time so that way it can advance the overall cause of the gospel of Christ. So when we talk about shifts, we're talking about God changing up, using different people or different scenarios to change our perspective, to perfect our personalities, and to provide power to exist in a confidence that would translate into the change that we seek to have in life. I remember in 2002, having left home and trying to figure out things on my own in another state down south, uh, he so happened to come and speak. I had heard him several years ago when I was a, a baby, when I was 10 and 11, I was blessed to be a part of the uh, some of the conferences that he used to host in the Bahamas. And my first trip to the Bahamas was awesome, where we saw people like Fuchsia Pickett, uh, 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 Dr. Fletch, Fletcher, Turnell, Apostle Turnell Nelson, just great theologians and 
preachers of the gospel, some of them, many of them are in heaven now. Fuchsia Pickett and several others um, that accompany Dr. Miles. Tell you something that's unique about him is that um, he came with a powerful message. A message that was written only by the Holy Spirit for this particular time to get our attention. One of my favorite sermons that I've ever heard him preach ever heard or read was the burden for freedom. He talked about the, how the mentality of the slave still exists in the lives of many people whom God desires to be free. And so um, I've had a, several uh, courses also in, in ministry schools that I've taken to where uh, his books were curriculums. And we were blessed by many of them, the most important person on the earth, The Power of Change, and various books that he wrote. My favorite, of course, is The Burden of Freedom and uh, In Pursuit of Your Purpose, those um, various teachings that he has. And, of course, his Kingdom series, which is one of the greatest um, teachings he's ever crafted um, in his lifetime. Great, great legacy of change in leadership. So the effects of the shift are what I want to talk about for the next few minutes. Whenever God shifts us, sometimes it comes through teaching, sometimes it comes through targeted events, sometimes it comes through tragedy, teaching moments, treasured others, but it comes nonetheless. Trials, old saints would say tribulations. <laughs> Uh, shifts comes through those ways and somehow in that season of change that is demanded upon us through needing and craving for more internally and not always being able to express it externally, we grow in the tight spots of life. We learn that if we can take it, we can make it. And so the shifts that occur in life are often when we least expect them. But they become treasures of our triumph in the end. So tonight I want to talk about what provokes those effects to occur in our life. I want to suggest in light of leadership and in light of change that we as the body of Christ have to do a better job or honoring spiritual authority, acknowledging their contributions to our lives, and then reflecting those principles in our walk, our daily walk with one another and with the world. So they, through our attitudes, our behaviors, our convictions, and our conduct, will not have anything to say that would cause them to draw back from making a commitment they will in their own way reflect the scriptures that say, what must I do to be saved? But in, in expressing these effects that take place in the shifts, the first thing the Lord brought to my attention was that often it comes by way of an understanding. Understanding is a combination of wisdom that's been walked out and knowledge that has been imparted and given of God. Somehow, that 
that that wisdom and that 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 endowment of power to know we begin to pick up an awakening factor so i put as my point one that understanding comes to be to the awakening for the need for change through the shift and what i mean by that is that the awakening is is an awakening through an intelligence or an intolerance rather of the same old same old every once in a while you get this extra heartbeat that says there's more to this there's more to me there's more that I can have around me. Then also, from an understanding, there is then an unsatisfaction of religious rhetoric. There's an intolerance for just performing and professing God with words, but denying, you know, the real things that make God who He is, which are wonders signs that are undeniable proof that we truly exist with the creator of the heavens and the earth. That unsatisfaction often comes through exposing of erroneous concepts about how we should exist in faith and also eliminating excuses that we make to not meet the standards of holiness, sanctification, and redemption. And thirdly, the resolve of these effects come as a result of a unity mandate that thrives for something or someone to lead us to the greater. It's a unity mandate saying, I can't do it on my own. I need someone to assist me and help me make it better. Those understandings and those unsatisfactions and that commitment to unity creates an effect in us that says engage the shift even when you're sick, even when you're seriously compromised in your confidence, and even when you're uncertain certain about the times that be. I was uncertain when I was leaving high school, considering going to some schools, working, not really getting good money, but not really satisfied, not, not in a place where I felt like I could thrive. I was running ministries at the same time, a major youth ministry. But I kind of let dissolve and just trying to still engage with the music, which God was kind of pushing me out of and was really dissatisfied because I really didn't feel like I had friends to connect with and really could understand. And so I went to that men's meeting in 2002, and he preached for three hours on purpose, which I already heard because I already had his books and I already took some of the courses. 
but he taught on purpose in a different way in light of really men engaging the, the world of the spirit, being God's man, not just only being a man, but being a man of God, one with dignity and class and a design, the pattern in our heads to create families and to function in faith. So I was enthusiastic about what he was saying. I just felt that it was almost an ideology that seemed impossible. Something happened in the course of that particular meeting as we began to cry, and he provoked us to deeper realm of prayer. And two days, I mean, the first day he just imparted, and imparted the second day he began to give specific impartation, especially to those that were in ministry. So I went up, and he jumped almost off the stage and prophesied to me some things that totally redirected my life and caused me to go back to seek reconciliation and to advance. And if that did not happen from the prompting, and I did not go back, I wouldn't have met my wife, I would not have met several other people that were very key into my spiritual stability. So I thank God for the shaking that he embodied in Dr. Miles, always challenging the church to channel that sovereignty that should be flooding our souls. And and really challenging the church to take a position of leadership, which is the only way and the only means by which we will be able to truly transform a people that are zealous unto good works. So, in my conclusion, I want to leave you with some things that we that was awakened through the life's lessons of Dr. Miles Monroe. You're going to hear people talk about his, his three major uh, teachings, which are leadership, which is purpose, and, and the kingdom. But more importantly, he gave us five things through his life. Number one, a passion to pursue and achieve purpose for living. Number two, promoting of unity and personal leadership development. Then a provoking of depth in theological ideologies and claims and a pushing to potential. That's when he began to get into the kingdom, when he began to study on the potential that we have to change and to exist in a purpose that pushes us in that change and provokes us to be men and women of integrity and create marriages and, and exist in a quality of life to where God gives great glory. So pushing potential to rely through uh, rely on Christ through embodying power, and then lastly, a passion to touch, um, or a, 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 a passing of the torch of legacy for the next generation. One of the things I will tell you that I admired about him is that he always gave opportunity for those that were much younger than him to touch him and to find out what he thinks, and he took time to listen. 
so I'm not saddened because of an uncertainty of his salvation and or soul. But I was saddened because it feels like it was too soon. But I'm reminded by the Holy Spirit. And I'm encouraging you tonight under the unction of the Holy Spirit. To not be shaken by shifts. Life was designed to change you from glory to glory and faith to faith. So, walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Amen. And amen again. There's more to come in this tribute. I would say a lot more, but I believe the Holy Spirit has pushed us to understand. Don't be shaken by the shift. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for navigating us closer and closer to our namesake, the Lord Jesus Christ.